0: And welcome back to another edition of On The Board Sports. I'm your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C, coming to you from Gotham Podcast Studios in Manhattan, New York, along with our wonderful producer, Matt, who is wonderful and awesome with a capital A as he's raising his hands. Hallelujah. Yes, Matt. Hallelujah, indeed. And just wanted to give a uh, quick shout out to uh, Lou Bernardi for coming on to the show from the Italian American Baseball Foundation. Wonderful guy. Awesome guy. Just, he does a great job all around. And just, we have a new sponsor now, by the way. Before I go on, it's, and the sponsor is Body Armor. Yes. Go and pick yourselves up a drink. Dude, it's really good. Go out and grab bar, Body Armor and make sure you say, Will sent you. Joining us via Skype is my co host, Sean Thomas. Sean, how are you?
1: Well, I'm doing awesome, but well, you know what I'm about to say, Well, You already know what I'm about to say, Will. today is hump- only one thing doing better than me and you it's hump day. on eight Wednesday, Will. a Wednesday, Well, Only camel. one thing better, baby.
0: A camel. On a, hump camel day. a camel, A <laughs> camel. How are you is- doing, sir? I'm doing all right, man. You know, I can't complain. Working at LaGuardia, uh, it's a crazy grind right now over there. You know, what more can I ask for, to be honest with you? I'm just happy to be a part of it, you know, happy to be alive and just, uh, you know, happy talking sports with you, man. That's the one thing that matters most to me right now. So,
1: well, and before we start the show, I just want to give everybody who liked and commented on me and you reaching our one year anniversary. Uh, yesterday, just want to thank everybody for the love and the support, the likes, the comments, the text, and the phone calls that I received, man. I'm saying it's crazy that it's been a year, man. It's like you're saying, uh, the first show seems like it was just the other day, man. So the fact that we're 365 plus uh, days in, man, uh, it's pretty, pretty special. Will, I actually cried yesterday, Will. I did,
0: actually no, cried. No, did you really? I did I actually cried, <laughs> wow, Hey, listen tears of joy, tears of joy as uh That's right. as Gary Cohen said when the Mets won the division in twenty fifteen so it's uh it's crazy to say the very least that we've been on for a year, but hey, you know what it's been it's been an awesome ride to say the very least. we've had great guests, we've talked some great content talked talked a lot about sports, and collaborated with a couple of shows, but definitely want to collaborate. Uh, Some more, so it's going to be an awesome ride to say the very least, but that's the past. This is the present right now, and we're obviously building up for our future, so I can't wait. I know, Sean, you can't wait, so let's get into it right now. Lots to talk about here in such little time. We'll start off in the NBA, and we crowned ourselves, not we, but the NBA has got themselves a new champion. And the 2019 NBA champions goes to the Toronto Raptors, beating the Golden State Warriors up at Oracle Arena for the very last time that the Warriors will be playing there. They'll be moving into their new arena at San Francisco next year. Um, yeah, they wound up beating them in six games, and Kawhi Leonard is your finals MVP. Sean, I know you've been watching this series back and forth, and it's been a very, very interesting series to say the very least, but. Sean, give us your take on uh, what you saw in the NBA Finals.
1: Well, I saw a Toronto team that took full advantage of the opportunity that was in front of them. And the opportunity was playing against a a very depleted Golden State team. Yeah, they had Steph, and yeah, they had uh, Draymond, and DeMarcus Cousins, and Andre Iguodala, but you know, Clay missed game three, then Clay gets hurt in game six, and then obviously KD comes back for game four, and and then, you know, and then he gets off hot, and then he gets hurt. So it's just like, well, I'm not saying that Toronto would have lost and Golden State was a healthy team, like uh, like 100%, but obviously it would have been a much, much, much different series that probably would have definitely went seven games so but well I just feel pound for pound Toronto was the best team during the whole year they were the best team in the east and it's and I saw this stat and well it's a very very crazy stat to me well the highest drafted player on Toronto was Kawhi and he was picked 15 that is absurd (laughs) For a team to win the championship, and their highest drafted player was number 15. So it really goes to show you when you scout well, when you draft well, when you make the right moves, you can win no matter where you pick. Every team, you know, they tank, they tank, they tank for the first pick. And well, as we've seen in the recent years, well, you know, the top three, the top five guys, most of them turn out to be busts. And if the guys drafted them, the teams, the 20s, or even in the second round, that turned out to be good,
0: but I'm so happy for the city of Uh, I guess we have a technical difficulty going on because I I don't know what happened, but Sean is absolutely right on the money right there, man. You know, Toronto is, Toronto has been absolutely uh, killing it to say the very least, and the city deserves the championship, so Sean, you're absolutely right on that, yeah. man. You are. You know? You're absolutely right on the ball with that with regards to Toronto and you you bring that up because and you bring up the the whole drafting situation and what goes on as far as like the highest drafted player goes. And look, Kawhi was supposed to be a top three pick, but because of his injury history or whatever, he wound up going into the teens and, you know, say no more. You know, he's obviously become one of the top five players in the league. So it's uh, it's crazy to say the very least what's going on over there in Toronto, and uh, you know for Golden State looking forward now, uh, what what do you think about Golden State? Well, well, they
1: have a tough road ahead because obviously Kevin Durant could leave, Clay Thompson could leave, Quinn Cook could leave, DeMarcus Cousins could leave, Draymond going to the last year of his deal, Andre Iguodala going to the last year of his deal. Well, we we could see a team that only returns Steph, Draymond, and the rest of the roster is brand new. We really, 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 really could. So I think for the first time in a while, they're going to have to really, you know, break down uh, uh, the roster. I I I think even with Kevin Durant hurt, I still think he's going to leave. I think that you know Clay is going to stay, but um, you know, it's 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 it's. It's crazy to think that, well, they've had a great one, five uh, championships. They should have won four of the five, but obviously the Cavs came back from down or uh, the 3-1. But to win three championships in five years, and they did it the right way. People hate Golden State because they always win. They don't hate Golden State because they did things the wrong way. They did it the right way, as we've spoken about on other uh, shows. So it's going to be a very interesting summer for them because – they could keep um uh, uh KD and Clay could stay too, but I highly doubt that they keep the both of them. I think K D leaves, I think the Marcus cousins leave and well I see them re-signing Clay to the max and then, if they're smart, they will re up Draymond before he gets the unrestricted free agency himself. So and then I think they'll fill fill out the rest of the roster as they go. So It's going to be a very busy and interesting summer for Golden State. Well,
0: and you look at Golden State right now, I mean, outside of, like you said, with Durant and Thompson, who, let's face it, I mean, them getting hurt in the finals was just absolutely crazy. I mean, nobody thought that Klay Thompson would have gotten hurt during this finals. And with Kevin Durant coming back, I feel like he got rushed the doc the team doctors rushed him out in order for him to play next thing you know he's dancing before the game he's looking all right and then all of a sudden his Achilles pops like it's crazy that it's crazy to think what happened in the span of a of a six game series you know so i i personally just don't know uh what's going on with the warriors right now but as far as what this team is going to look forward to next year. And you just got to say to yourself at this point, you know, this is Stephen Curry's team. No clay, no Katie, whether or not he's going to opt into the final year of his deal or not, or if he walks away to another max contract, which he will get. And we will talk about another player that got traded two days after the NBA finals happened. But, there's a lot of things that are ultimately going on, and with him and with Steph, I think this is the first time in the man's career that he's going to be really the the guy that's running the show. It, uh, Sean, am I am I not wrong here? I I, I want to hear from you. Well, that's a very good point because.
1: I believe and correct me if I'm wrong, Will, I believe Clay was drafted the year after Steph. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. So he's really only played without Clay for one year and he's played with Kevin Durant the past four. And Will, I believe and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Daginw, I believe in the draft when Clay was one, I think that was the same draft where Draymond was the second round pick. I think so as well. I believe so. But um um, but yeah, you know, like he's only played without Clay and Draymond for one year. and That was his rookie season. So I mean, you know, and you know he's won obviously MVPs, and you know he's won obviously the three championship rings. But you know, this is the first season, and this is a very good point, Will, that you make, that he's going to be the main guy. He he's going to be the guy that you know, if he doesn't score thirty to forty points, they may not win. Right, so you know he, so he's going into this season with the pressure that he hasn't had because even if they double team him, they kick it to Clay, kick it to KD, it to Draymond, blah blah blah. blah. So I mean, I think he's up for the challenge, but well, if I'm teams, I just defend him as how uh, Nick it. Once Clay got hurt, they did I think call like a box and one or a box and four, where they force. Steph to one side, and then they brought a help defender to the side that he, um, uh, well, uh, to the side that he, uh, um, um uh, went to. So it's almost like, it, so it's almost like a double team, but it wasn't at the same time, and it pretty much forced him to pass the ball, and he was passing the ball to guys that can't shoot. So if I'm teams, I do this exact same thing and see how Steph reacts to it.
0: This is really the first time like like you said, Sean, that Stephen Curry is gonna be the main guy. Even in his rookie year, he had a guy that was uh handling the ball on a Monte Ellis, you know, looking at a guy that m- made it through a postseason run in two thousand seven with the We Believe Warriors. And, you know, you look at what's gone on in, in this uh in this man's career, the guy has been a proven underdog. We've all we all know about the underdog story. Davidson how he was a low recruit how he was small how he had one of the weirdest forms in the game and how you know he shot a lot and everything like that and yet he won two MVPs he's won what three NBA championships it's just absolutely unbelievable to uh, to see you can't you can't go against this guy you can't he he will make guys better absolutely to say the very least. Um and as far as the uh the draft goes with Draymond Green, he got drafted in 2012 in the second round. The first round selection that year Harrison Barnes.
1: Harrison Barnes. Okay, okay. Yes. Yes, okay.
0: Just just a fact check right there for you. And gotcha. you know, you like I said, dude, you know, you don't know what's going to happen here. Now, if they do re-sign Clay to Max Steele. Now you got to focus in on. All right, now who's going to stay here? Who's going to do? Who's going to want to come here for less money to try and win? You know, that's that's the mindset that one player has to look at. So I don't know what's going to happen in the off for the Golden State Warriors. But as far as like trying to go after a uh, a marquee free agent, they got to go out there and they got to resign Clay. They got to go out there and, you know, might have to lick their palms here and just say to themselves, okay, uh, Kevin Durant is gone. But with that being said, uh, who knows what's going to happen for the Golden State Warriors. But we do know what happened in the NBA uh, in a span of uh, two days after the NBA Finals ended. And we finally found out where Anthony Davis is going and he's going to the purple and gold of the Los Angeles Lakers. I cannot believe this deal happened, but I I can. I can I can and I can't. It's 50/50 here because of the fact that Sean number 1, the Lakers, they wound up giving up Lonzo Paul, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart and three first round draft picks. One of those draft picks was from the uh Top, He was the top four selection, the number four overall pick, excuse me, in this year's NBA draft. And they wound up giving up a couple of unprotected first-round draft picks too. The one key caveat here for this trade is the fact that not only has, have you seen NBA players over the course of, I don't know, five years. I'll use Dwight Howard as a great example here because of of the situations that he was in with Los Angeles and how he didn't like Kobe Bryant and how he thought he was going to win a championship with uh, James Harden down in Houston so he wound up leaving and that left the Lakers with nothing you know you don't know what you're going to get from from LeBron with the you know after the injury that he had uh, last year Anthony Davis he's going into his prime he's about 27 28 years old and it's crazy to say the very least but you know it's uh it's nuts man you know that we're looking at it now and we're just saying to ourselves okay here's everything all hinges on Anthony Davis for the Lakers to win we know that the horn the pelicans are going after uh Zion Williamson And they might trade out of that number four slot. So, you know, with that being said, uh, Sean, what's your take on the deal? What's your take on the deal? Well, my take on the deal is
1: the Pelicans could have got a better offer if they did it during the regular season. But Dell Demps was upset that Rich Paul, who was the agent for Anthony Davis, made the trade request public. And he and he almost like stubbornly thinking he was gonna keep his job was like I'll I'll deal him to the other twenty nine teams. I'm not dealing him to in LA. And it and it kinda of ended up costing him his job. And David Griffin comes in. Obviously, David Griffin built the championship team in uh, um in uh, Cleveland. And you know he is a very, very bright um basketball man. And you know, he Gets Lonzo Ball, who I think needed a change of um scenery. Well, Lonzo has been in California his whole life. Born there, raised there, high school, college. I think sometimes the norm can distract you. And I think when you get a change of scenery, it it, it kind of makes you focus more. And I think and well, I think we're gonna see a very, very special season from him um uh, uh coming up. Well, well, Brandon. The Ingram, he's he's shown he's proven that he could play in this league. Obviously, the blood clot thing, he has to you know make sure that that's well. But I don't think David Griffin makes a trade if they didn't get a very good clearance from him. And Josh Hart, Josh Hart is just one uh, one of those winning uh, plays. Well, he's a two way guy. He could score some points. He could defend like three spots. But this trade will is coming down to the draft picks. The fourth pick in the draft, so tomorrow night. And look at the years where this where those other where those other two draft picks are. I think it's twenty twenty one and twenty twenty four. But they can swap both of those years, though. LeBron James probably isn't going to be around in 2021. Well, probably in 2021, but definitely not 2024. And then it's not a guarantee that Anthony Davis stays that long as well. Well, you could be looking at a scenario where in the next three years or so, the Lakers are one of, if not the worst team in the league, and the Pelicans can swap one those picks and potentially get the first pick or a very high pick. So it's almost like what, The Celtics did with the Brooklyn Nets. Don't even get me started um, on that world, But I like the trade. I just wish they would have gotten Kuzma. I would have took Ball, Kuzma, and Hart instead of Ball, Ingram, and Hart. But I think that David Griffin is looking at the long term, and he says, I think there's more value in the draft picks than getting a player that will... It's not a guarantee that Kyle Kuzma will re-sign. And I think that's another big part of it too. It's not a guarantee that when the rookie deals expire for Lonzo and for Ingram that that they uh, uh, re-sign there opposed to the draft picks, you have way more uh, c- control. So I like the deal. And from the, the uh, he- hanker's point of view, well, they they're probably going to have the best front court in the league, with LeBron at the three, Kuzma at the four, Davis at the five. But they have to surround those guys with shooters. They have to because they because they did a terrible job of doing that last year. Well, if I'm them, I'm calling Danny Green, I'm calling uh, uh Redick, I'm calling the Brooklyn Nets and seeing if I could get Joe uh, Harris. I'm calling. Every team that has a legit uh, shooter. Will, Chris um, Edelton, he been out of his deal, so he's an unrestricted unre- uh, guy. You have to surround those three guys with shooters. Because, Will, if you do, the Lakers can have a, a very, very special year.
0: And the one thing that I, I kind of don't understand from this thinking with Rob Palenka and even with LeBron, I was talking about this with a couple of friends the other day, Sean, and feel free to, you know, interrupt me when uh, when you can. When LeBron got into the league, he was around a very young core of players. You know, they didn't make it to the playoffs in his first two years, and they wound up going to, you know, the playoffs in 06, made it to the finals in 07, wound up losing to the Celtics in 08 in the second round. And they wound up you know losing to Orlando in the uh conference finals in the thir- in two thousand and nine, and then they wound up losing to the Celtics again in two thousand and ten in the uh second round. that was when LeBron took off his jersey now after those two years that he didn't have the uh the young players as his teammates anymore. They wound up going older, and he wound up uh, getting aging superstars back in return and aging players, aging veterans. He goes over to Miami, gets the big three, wins the two championships out of the four years, making it to the finals in four straight years. Goes back to Cleveland in a very unique circumstance here in this, in this situation because, Sean, they had the number one overall pick in, what was it, two years? At that time with Irving and then – three years, excuse me, with Irving, uh, Anthony Bennett, and Andrew Wiggins getting drafted. And then the trade for Kevin Love happened, which sent Anthony Bennett and Andrew Wiggins over to Minnesota. And then, obviously, Kyrie stayed. LeBron and everybody saw the potential in him. And from there on out – it was LeBron's team with the Kevin Love and with uh, Kyrie Irving. And then he leaves. And then, uh, you know, he goes over to LA young core, same thing, just about no learning curve at all. And you know, they these kids are 18, 20 years old. LeBron don't want to play with guys that are 18, 20 years old. He wants to play with guys that are in their prime, wants to win championships. That's what happens. That's what happens. Right. You know, so I I get where Palenka was going, and I also get the mindset of LeBron, but you have to understand one thing. You really have to understand one thing. In the years in of these big markets that they trade away all their first-round picks and all their commodities for a top-five superstar, and they get nothing in return for him, it's just absolutely unbelievable, you know, that some of these teams actually get uh caught up in this. Obviously, Sean, I know you mentioned the Brooklyn Nets before, but they traded away 5 years worth of draft picks and young players for 2 years of Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Terry, you know? Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. Uh you know, Dwight Howard and Steve Nash how that work out for three years, you know what I mean, for Steve Nash? Only played in 60 games. Right. You know, Dwight Howard played a year and almost, you know, not almost, he had a meltdown with Mitch Kupchak at the time, you know. So there's a lot of things that ultimately need to be said here, you know. And with the Knicks, we all know what happened with the Knicks. You know, every year that they go out and they trade away their first-round draft pick Year in and year out or whenever you see a nice young player that's coming in, whether whether or not it's Chris Taps, or whether or not it's, you know, Danilo Gallinari or Wilson Chandler for Carmelo Anthony, even Andrea Bargnani. How did that work out? You know, that's the thing that has to stop. You have to trust your instincts here. If you're a GM, let these kids play. That's it. Let these kids play. Because when you're 18 years old Going into the league It's a total different mindset It is You gotta let these kids Go out there and play Well but I think
1: That's the issue And When LeBron James Came I think we all knew This Could act Was going to Because His past You know what I'm saying He's always gone to, to Situations that were Either ready made Or about close to being ready-made, but he knew he was going to have to sacrifice one of those four years. So the first year was the sacrifice, and up until he got hurt, well, they were playing well. They were a four seed, uh, right? And they blew out Golden State on Christmas Day when LeBron got hurt. Now, would they have won the championship this year? No. Who knows? But well, no. Who but, knows? They playing, <laughs> but they were playing. But they were playing. Extremely well, but it became evident that when he got hurt, well, when LeBron got hurt in the past or when he missed games, he had Wade and Bosch and they could win games. But he got hurt or missed games in the past, he had Kyrie and Love and Tristan Thompson and Kyle Culver, blah, blah, blah. And those guys were able to win games. He gets hurt. And like you just said, well, you're depending on 18, 19, 20, 21, he heroes. To win games against grown ass men. And and those guys were not ready to, you know what I'm saying, for the challenge of that just yet. So that's why they had to go. But keeping Kuzma, I think, well, he is not going to be probably the depending on who they get to run the point or the two, he's probably going to be the third an option on the team. Kyle Kuzma is ahead of is ahead of a third an option. A hell of a third option because sure, he's a guy that could space the floor he's a guy that with his back to the basket as well Will. so i mean i look at it from the standpoint of exactly exactly what you just said well is 100 percent right the other side of this trade also is we can't not forget anthony davis the past four or five years has missed 10 plus games that's not good. And he's only like what, 26, 27. 26. Anthony Davis is not an old guy. No. But he's so skinny for a guy that's so tall. <laughs> and he plays with a reckless abandon. He's mm-hmm. going to get hurt. And that's the thing that, like, I like when the trade happened over the weekend, I heard people saying, oh, the Lakers are the NBA finals front uh, runners and, and I'm like wait 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 Anthony Davis hasn't played 60 plus games in like the past four years <laughs> right. if Anthony Davis plays 40-50 games this upcoming season well championship front ru- front runners where right. especially depending on who they get to run the point and who they get to run the two guard well very long story short this season can be special but it depends on who the point guard is, so that's going to be very important, and who the shooting guard is because they need a space to floor, because you'll find veteran or minimum guys to fill out the bench. So, so you're not worried about that, but whoever wants the point and whoever is the two guard will be crucial to whatever season the because have and well, you cannot forget Frank Vogel is now the coach. Frank Vogel now has to deal now with one, this superstar. He has to deal with two.
0: He might have to deal with three if there's so, a Ma- if there's a Max uh, superstar that they might sign.
1: Very true. And who's to say that those two as of now and potentially three, who's to say that they wouldn't listen to him? Because Jason Kidd is on that staff. Lionel Holland is on that staff. Right. So it's like, so, so it's a great situation that can become very combustible depending on
0: the movie parts. Absolutely. And you know what? To say uh, what goes on here is just absolutely unbelievable. But, you know, with the draft coming up and with, you know, the trading, there's going to be a a, be- a lot of trades to say the very least what uh, goes on with the Lakers, Pelicans, the Knicks, the Knicks. They've been rumored about to uh, move their number three, uh, number three pick for the eighth and tenth pick, but we'll save that for another time. Uh, right now, let's switch topics now and switch gears over to the uh, Stanley Cup final and what a series that was! Probably the best uh, show out of all four sports this past uh, this past year, having. This series go to an epic seven-game series between the St. Louis Blues and the Boston Bruins, and St. Louis Blues absolutely deserved it after they wound up beating the Bruins 5-1. to one. Uh, Obviously, Ryan O'Reilly was the uh, MVP for the whole playoffs. He goes out there and he played played his heart out, and Jordan Bennington, the rookie, going out there and playing hell of a game almost every game in the playoffs with the exception of a couple of blowouts here and there in the final. But uh, you know, Sean, it think about this here for one second. I'll let you I'll let you go off here. Okay, think about this. In nineteen eighty three, the Blues were literally days away, just days away, ten days away from folding. That's how bad the franchise was in nineteen eighty three. They wound up finding an, an owner and the rest is history after that. 35 years later, they're crowned as Stanley Cup champions. And to finish, to begin the calendar year, the 2019 calendar year, in dead last place, and to win the Stanley Cup, talk about a worst-to-first performance, man. Wow. Sean, what's your take? Well,
1: it's one of those
0: things where you
1: look at it and you just marvel at the job that they did and it's also goes to show you that you never give up on any type of season. Yes, like you just said, turn of the calendar year, they were the worst team in the league. <laughs> the St. Louis blues. But they just knew that they that they could play better than they were. So what do you do? You caught up some guys, you try to have have a spark. And well that Ben Heddington kid provided a spark that led them to a Stanley Cup. And it's one of those things where even I forgot how talented St. Louis is from Tarasenko to Thomas, to Bozak, to Allen. I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of guys on that team, but they just, like, they're a very, very talented team that, you know, like they fired the coaches. They just got off to a rough start. But that hot streak that they went on, I, I think it was three all star break or post. I think it was post. And I think they won like eight straight or like eight out of ten. Something like that. And I think that gave them the confidence to know that, hey, look, we can make a run because there's only a couple other teams in the Western Conference that's already running away with it. And at that time, it was San Jose and it was uh Calgary. So, Well, they stayed the course. They did what they had to do, and they earned it, man. They really, really did. And it's always good to see a first-time winner. And, well, I think that trend is going to continue with sports. We had a first-time Stanley Cup champion. We had a first-time NBA champion. Obviously, our NFL preview was a long ways away. But, well, I'm telling you right now, my Super Bowl pick is going to be a first-time champion as well. But, um, uh, well, uh, shout-out to the Blues. But shout-out to the Boston Bruins as well because nobody thought that they would be there. If you had to pick two, three teams to come up the East, Boston would not have been one of those three. It would have been Tampa, Columbus, because all of the talent that they have, and Pittsburgh because they've been there and done that before. I think Boston would have been four, maybe five. So for them to get all the way there, You have to give them a shout out. But they ran into a team that was destined to win. So, Will, I'm so happy uh, for the Blues because a lot of people forget they lost the Rams. So their only professional sports teams left are the Cardinals and the Blues. And the Cardinals, they're in a little championship drought, you know. Um, But for the Blues to give that city a championship, extremely happy.
0: Absolutely. And St. Louis definitely deserves a champion. They're a really great baseball city. But for them to rally around this hockey team is just absolutely unbelievable. Moving on now from the, the ice to the grass and, and the dirt and everything that we love about baseball. The Yankees have been absolutely unbelievable. The Mets, I don't know what's going on with them. Sean, real quick here, what's your take on the Mets? Well, it was a
1: great win last night. I'll take that win last night, well, But overall, I mean, I just can't seem to put my finger on this team because it's like just when you want to give up, they have games like last night where they scored 10 runs, and you're like, well, why can't this happen every game? But well, I do think by the end of this trip, I think the higher-ups where the Mets will know the direction they have to go because it was all okay and it was all still being, still having an optimistic view when we were only three and a half out, four and a half out, even five. I think last check we were eight and a half or nine, and if you're eight and a half or nine, and in and in a week and a half, it's going to be July first. You're pretty much, you know, giving up on the, uh, the season. And, well, that might not be the worst thing because if you trade a Zach Wheeler or if you trade a Noah uh, Syndergaard or if you trade a Todd a Fraser to a contending team, well, you could get a pretty good minor league call. You could get a pretty good prospect call, not for – for Frazier, but definitely for Wheeler or any other vet that is on that team. So it might not be the worst thing for us to be like, look, 2019, not our year. Let's try and get the best prospects possible back that we gave up in the Seattle trade. That's another thing to look at it two-wheel. Edwin Diaz, I think, has like six blown safes. Now, I think we won two of two of those games, but those are four wins that we could have had right there. <sighs> jerry's familiar has been terrible he's coming into the lead into the game with leads he's given um, them up so will by will ask me this question the head show and and i'll have a better answer for you because they're on the edge of giving up on the season but they're on the edge of still wanting to compete so it's kind of like which way is it uh going to go by uh, and in the next week, I'll definitely have cancer, Will.
0: What's your take on the Yankees so far?
1: Well, well, I know you are ecstatic because they just swept Tampa Bay out of town in all this rain. Uh, Blake Snell, well, they knocked Blake Snell out of the first inning. That is impressive. <laughs> to knock the reigning Cy Young award winner out of the first. I was watching uh, the game before it works. But, um, well, they're playing on fire, stanton is back. Well, why the hell were the fans booing this, this man? Uh, he struck up. I... It was his first game. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. You're in first place. Relax. It's his first game back. Like, Jesus Christ. You spoiled fans. <laughs> but anyway, well, um, long story short, well, they're playing well. Tampa Bay is clearly not ready to. Um, uh a uh, uh, Tuy will well, I would even say, I think the Yankees have to look out for a second half surge from the Red Sox instead of worrying about uh Tampa Bay, but so far, so good goodwill they're in first place, they're playing well, but guy is starting to come back now, so as we spoke about in the past, Aaron Boone has to make sure he mixes and matches well to make sure that the team continues playing well.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's it's crazy what's going on with the Yankees. DJ LeMahieu's one of the best hitters. Uh, probably the best hitter on this team right now and they they just keep on playing small ball and they keep on winning games. You know, it's it, it's crazy right now to say the very least. You know, I I thought personally I don't know what's what's going on with the Yankees right now with their rotation. It's just absolutely unbelievable. You know, but we got to see what happens over here, man. You know, they got to get pitching. Obviously, the lineup's been playing great. Giancarlo Stanton, I think the fans that are booing are on drugs, to be honest with you. Support your team. You know what I mean? Support the guy. I understand that he's a home run threat every time that he goes up and he's got the facial reactions like he doesn't want to be here, really. You know, but deep down, I think he does want to be here. Um, You know, it's just all about all about what goes on. You know, it's all about what goes on and what happens. So, you know, it's uh, it's something to say the very least. So I I really don't know what to what to say about the Yankees right now, other than they're playing great baseball. I can't wait for Aaron Judge to come back. And that's it. You know, Um, Sean, you have any final thoughts?
1: Uh, No, well, just uh, once again, shout out to everybody for the positive reaction uh, yesterday and well. Obviously, huge shout out to you as well for holding down the fort, man?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's been absolutely a great time over here, to say the very least. Just wish you were here. Maybe one day soon you'll be in studio. And we got to figure out an off day in which you're not working and I'm not working. And we got to record something in face-to-face again. Because I miss you. I do. It, it's... It's just absolutely unbelievable what's going on over
1: here. There. I miss you more, Will. Ha-ha. Ha
0: ha. <laughs> I have a final thought, though. Uh, my, uh, my, uh my, one of my best friends just turned 29 today on June 19th, 2019, Dennis Guvatsos. Dennis, uh, dude, I love you, man. And your mom, you know, everybody. You're like a your family to me, bro. And I just wanted to just let you know that, you know, you're just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. Bottom line, just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. And, you know, me. I've known I've known him, Sean, since uh, literally since I was 10 years old, you know, so 19 years of friendship. It's more I think when you go over a certain age, I think we said this over the course of the show, when you hit that that uh. That seven-year mark of a friendship—I think it's more than that. I think you guys—you become family like that. So, you know, that's that's how uh, Dennis and I are. So, happy birthday, Dennis! Just wanted to wish you that. And uh, yeah, you know, it's been a—it's been a phenomenal run. I can't wait to see you again, Bud. And uh, yeah, just uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep fighting that fight, you know. Happy birthday
1: to your friend, Will! Awesome, awesome job. And you know, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying birthdays are definitely fun man so uh, you know what I'm saying man Uh, can't wait for that Will and Will you keep on doing the great job over at LaGuardia man we
0: appreciate you sir and I appreciate you over at JFK as well sir but like I said one day you gotta be in studio All right. yes sir awesome for everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios for our wonderful producer Matt Peters who is also the owner of Gotham Podcast Studios And for everybody else here, along with my co-host, Sean Thomas, I'm your host, Will Cherucci. logging out. We will talk to you guys soon, very, very soon. Peace out.